0: So it was that Lycurgus made his countrymen live plainly and simply. That was well for the time being, he thought, but all these people had once been used to comfort, and he knew that when he died they would gradually slip back into their old luxurious fashions. Moreover, he wished to build a nation that would not only do without luxuries, but would honestly despise them. And the only way to do this was to begin with the children. Then... When the boys and girls were grown up, Sparta would be full of men and women who had always lived simply and who scorned any other mode of life. There was little question that even a few thousand such men, taught to be soldiers, would be able to hold their own in battle against much larger numbers of the enemy. For these reasons he paid far more attention to the children than to the grown folk. CHILDREN BELONG TO THE STATE, HE DECLARED, AND THE STATE NEEDS MEN AND WOMEN WHO ARE STRONG AND WELL. THEREFORE, WHEN A BABY BOY WAS BORN, A COMMITTEE OF WISE MEN EXAMINED IT TO SEE IF IT WAS HEALTHY. IF IT APPEARED WEAK OR FEEBLE, IT WAS SIMPLY TOSSED INTO A CAVERN IN THE MOUNTAINS TO DIE. IF THE COMMITTEE DECIDED THAT IT WOULD PROBABLY GROW INTO A STRONG MAN, IT WAS GIVEN BACK TO ITS FATHER AND MOTHER. THE BOY WAS ALLOWED TO LIVE WITH HIS PARENTS ONLY SEVEN YEARS. Then each little fellow was made a member of a company of boys who lived under military rule. The one who seemed bravest was made captain, and the others had to obey whatever he commanded. Until the boys were twelve years old, they ran about naked, so that they might become used to all kinds of weather. Even after that they were allowed to wear only one garment. For their beds they were sent to the river bank to break off reeds. WHEN WINTER CAME, THEY WERE PERMITTED AS A GREAT LUXURY TO SPREAD A LITTLE THISTLE-DOWN OVER THE REEDS. AT TWELVE THE BOYS WERE PUT UNDER THE CHARGE OF A YOUNG MAN OF TWENTY CALLED AN IRON, AND WERE OBLIGED TO OBEY HIS ORDERS. HE WOULD OFTEN SEND THEM FOR FOOD OR FIREWOOD, AND THEY WERE EXPECTED TO STEAL THIS AS slyly AS IF THEY WERE IN THE COUNTRY OF AN ENEMY. IF THEY SUCCEEDED THEY WERE PRAISED, BUT IF THEY WERE CAUGHT THEY WERE SEVERELY WHIPPED FOR THEIR CLUMSINESS. AFTER SUPPER, THE IRON WOULD OFTEN CALL THE BOYS TOGETHER AND GIVE THEM VARIOUS TESTS. SING A SONG, HE WOULD COMMAND ONE BOY. TELL ME WHO IS THE BEST MAN IN THE CITY, HE WOULD SAY TO ANOTHER. OR, WHAT DO YOU THINK OF SUCH AND SUCH AN ACTION? THE BOYS MUST NOT ONLY ANSWER THE QUESTION, BUT MUST GIVE GOOD REASON FOR THEIR ANSWERS. AND IF THEY DID NOT DO WELL, THEY HAD TO BEAR WHATEVER PUNISHMENT THE IRON MIGHT THINK THEY DESERVED. OF COURSE THE OLDER MEN AND THE MAGISTRATES KEPT CLOSE WATCH OF THE IRON, AND AFTER THE YOUNGER BOYS HAD BEEN SENT AWAY, HE HIMSELF WAS SOUNDLY WHIPPED IF HE HAD NOT RULED JUSTLY AND WISELY. THE GIRLS WERE OBLIGED TO RUN AND WRESTLE AND THROW quoits, BUT THEY WERE NOT TREATED NEARLY SO SEVERELY AS THE BOYS. INDEED, WHATEVER THE BOYS DID, AND WHEREVER THEY WENT, SOMEONE WAS ALWAYS ON THE WATCH TO PUNISH THEM IF THEY DID NOT DO AS WELL AS WAS EXPECTED OF THEM. One reason for these many whippings was that they might learn to despise pain. Once at least the older boys were brought before one of the altars and flogged, and the boy who bore the pain longest without any outcry received a prize. They became so proud of bearing pain well that sometimes one fell dead under this flogging without once having cried out or groaned. As to learning, the boys were taught music and poetry, and a little reading, writing, and arithmetic but much time was given to training them to talk. They were expected to be silent, unless they had something to say, and when they did speak they were required to use as few words as possible, and to make their replies keen and pointed. Lycurgus himself practiced what he preached. When an Athenian once made fun of the short swords of the Spartans, he retorted, and yet we can reach our enemies' hearts with them. When he was asked whether he intended to build a wall around Sparta, HE REPLIED, THAT CITY IS WELL FORTIFIED, WHICH HAS A WALL OF MEN INSTEAD OF BRICK. SOMEONE ASKED A SPARTAN TO COME TO HEAR A PERSON WHO COULD imitate A NIGHTINGALE. I HAVE HEARD THE NIGHTINGALE HERSELF, WAS HIS REPLY. THIS BRIEF POINTED MANNER OF SPEAKING TOOK ITS NAME FROM THAT OF THE COUNTRY, AND HAS BEEN CALLED LACONIC FROM THAT DAY TO THIS. After twenty years of this training, the Spartan was ready to begin to be a soldier, and he thought that any other occupation was beneath his dignity. Even the work of cultivating his own land he looked upon with the utmost scorn. That was the business of helots, he declared. One day, after Lycurgus had become an old man, he called the people together and said, There is one thing more that is necessary to the happiness of the state. It is more important than all that has been done, but what it is I cannot tell you until I have come back from Delphi. Will you solemnly swear to obey the laws until I return? They all took a solemn oath to be obedient, and he set out for Delphi with his son and some of his dearest friends. There he sacrificed to Apollo and asked, Are the laws that I have made sufficient to promote virtue and secure the happiness of the state? They are excellent, and the city that keeps to them will be the most glorious in the world, was the response. Lycurgus wrote this oracle and sent it back to Sparta. He himself did not return, for he had planned a way to make the Spartans keep his laws forever. He offered up another sacrifice and bade his son and friends farewell. After that he refused all food and quietly waited for death. One last request he made. It was that after his body had been burned, the ashes should not be carried to Sparta, but thrown into the sea. Then surely no one can ever declare that I have returned, he said. And the Spartans can never claim that they are released from their oath to keep my laws."